I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And welcome to another Beans Cast, another triple click Beans Cast. We're so happy that you're here. Hello. The beans are here. We're here. Spilling the beans. We got this big can of beans. We're going to spill it all over my desk. It's going to be a nightmare to clean it up after the fact. <laughs> I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Shire. I'm Kirk Hamilton. And I'm Beans. And I'm the Beans. <laughs> beans everywhere. <laughs> Oh God! Everyone's already regretting regretting becoming a member. No, no, they're happy to do it, and we're happy to have you be members. Thank you all so much for being members and for uh, for being here with us and listening to these bonus episodes that we make for y'all. Uh, we really appreciate it. So yeah, um, thanks for being members. Let's get into it. Let's talk about um, Outer Wilds and also Outer Wilds: Echoes of the Eye. So obviously, yes. we're going to spoil both of those things. This is a Beans Cast, and it's kind of hard to talk about. Outer Wilds or Echoes of the Eye without spoiling it. So just just so you know, if you haven't played them and you're listening to this, really stronger than usual spoiler uh, warning. <laughs> just because the real the joy of this game is is in figuring things out for yourself. And um, if you want to do that, do that and then listen to this. Um, but if you don't, and if you're here, if you've already played it, you want to listen. Here we go. So. What is Outer Wilds and what is Echoes of the Eye? Echoes of the Eye is a new DLC expansion. It's made by Mobius Digital for their 2019 game Outer Wilds, which was a groundbreaking sci-fi puzzle game. It's out on console and PC. One day it will apparently be on Switch. Allegedly it will be on Switch, but currently it is console and PC. So here is my recap of Outer Wilds. Great. Let me know how I do. Outer Wilds is a sci-fi exploration puzzle game set in a deceptively small but intricately designed solar system that quickly reveals itself to be an ornate clockwork mechanism filled with secrets and surprises. 22 minutes after you start playing for the first time, the solar system's sun goes supernova, destroying everything and killing you, and then you wake up back at the start of the 22-minute loop and you're tasked with using those repeating 22 minutes to figure out what's going on. You never unlock upgrades. You have no destructive tools that you can use. You just have your ship, a camera probe, and a radio transmitter. So the magic of the game is that it is entirely a journey of discovery. The solar system and every planet in it is the exact same on your 50th time through the loop as it was on your first time through the loop. You are the thing that's changed. Your knowledge completely transforms how you think about and move through the game. Recently, a friend of mine called this a Metroidbrania, which I Uh, hate and also love because it's so perfect and accurate despite being horrible. Who said that? Was that Matthew Burns? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it was Rust. It was Rust Freshnick. Oh, okay. um, that was wow. a good, good guess. That was going to be yeah. my guess. I should fine. credit him because I'm going to use that forever. So Outer Wilds, Credits it's a Rust. Metroid Brainia. It won a ton of awards when it came out. We all really liked it. It is like a, it is a beloved game, um, and people kind of evangelize for it in a way that I think is interesting that we'll talk about. Oh, so yeah. now, two years later, we have Echoes of the Eye. It is a proper old-fashioned expansion, despite what Chris Plant's headline on Polygon said, describing it as a sequel. I would actually say this is very much an expansion because because it slots into the game's solar system and it just expands it. It introduces a ton of new mechanical puzzle ideas without introducing any new tools or player abilities, which I think is fascinating. And it also expands on the main game's story in a pretty cool way. So we have played Outer Wilds, we've played Echoes of the Eye, all of us have finished it, and now we're going to talk about all of them. Let's do it. Let's get into some quick impressions. Maddie, you're first. Uh, What did you think of Echoes of the Eye? Okay, I feel like I had a very similar experience with the original Outer Wilds and with Echoes of the Eye, so it felt Mm. like I was just reliving what I experienced in 2019, which if people (laughs) really wanted to go all the way back and listen to the split-screen episodes replayed Outer Wilds, they would hear me being really frustrated by the beginning of Outer Wilds and flying the ship 
which I still hate doing. I don't <laughs> like it. And I booted up Echoes of the Eye and I was like, it's all coming back to me. And by it, I mean the intense frustration that I feel about the ship in this game. And also when you leave the ship and you're just flying around in space in your little spacesuit, I don't like that navigation either. I think it's also really, really hard and annoying. <laughs> and you have to very carefully land on a planet right at the beginning of Echoes of the Eye in order to do anything. And eventually I got used to it and I was like, landing on this planet is fine. But it took me a really long time to even land on the planet. And I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I hate this video game. I hate everything about it. I'm never going to beat this. I'm never going to do this. It's all terrible. And that was how I felt about Outer Wilds. And I think it's how a lot of people feel about Outer Wilds when they first start playing it because it's very finicky and weird and it feels bad. And the game doesn't tell you what to do. You're truly just wandering around and looking at stuff. And nobody is ever like, oh, go here. Go look at this quest marker or like read this book that's going to tell you about the Noma or like what like there's none of that it's just click on stuff until you figure it out completely alone in the universe and that is a bad feeling like it it is like it's it's all up to you but of course I had my moments with echoes of the eye where I you know I kept going back I discovered more and more things eventually I made a discovery that I was like that's actually really cool this is really neat I want to know what happens next and then the ending I really loved. I thought it was really cool. I thought it fit into the world of Outer Wilds in a way that I was surprised by. I didn't feel like you could improve on Outer Wilds at all. And I still kind of feel that way. But I feel like if you had to add something, this is good. And yeah, I just, I felt like it was worth it. But I also spent a lot of it running into pain points and hating the actual experience of playing it. So I don't know. I don't know. That was that was how I feel, felt about it. Nice. Uh, Jason, how about you? So my enjoyment of Echoes of the Eye was uh, per- Parabola. Parabola? Mm. Parabola. <laughs> um, when I first discovered The Stranger and got in there and started just poking around and exploring, I loved it to death. When I first entered the dream world, still loved it, um, but it was going down a little bit. And then I ran into one of those fuckers who uh, popped up out of nowhere and scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Their official name is Pursuers. Um, and I was just like, wow, this sucks. Um, and spent so much time, <laughs> spent so much time like trying to deal with those cell sections that I just gave up on the game. And that, that I said would the, that I would say would, would be the nadir, the, the lowest point of the parabola, parabola. And then, um, once I kind of over the past couple of days, I went back to it after a long break to to finish it again. And once I got past the hiccup, looked up a couple of things, um, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Not nothing too mm-hmm. significant, but a couple of things. Um, realized I wouldn't, or 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 once I got past the part, sorry, I had to kind of just stumble blindly in the dark um, and mm-hmm. started seeing, discovering some of the other cool things, figuring out how to break the simulation and glitch it out yes. and then especially the final moments and like the final puzzle and then the final encounter and the final like training of visions um went all the way back up to the glee and the um perfection that that outer wilds felt like so so it was very very mixed um experiences on this but for the most part i thought it was brilliant mm-hmm Nice. Yeah, I was I really, really liked it overall. Um, I definitely found it challenging just because, like I've said before, this game demands so much of you. And I'm playing several different things at the moment. And it really is like I have to be pretty focused because 
so much of this game is like this blooming idea rose in your mind that you just have to nurture and feed and shine light on and give water to and be patient with. And it grows and grows. And soon you have this beautiful flower in your mind that is your understanding of the game. But it's like this inner process that is very, very different from, say, Far Cry 6, which is just like, here's a bunch of graphs that we're going to just slowly fill up for you if you just shoot click on people and shoot them like it's just such a such a different experience that it it was demanding of me and there were totally times where I was like oh my god I don't know what I'm supposed to do next like I would just kind of be challenged but overall I mean I there were so many moments in this game where either just the raw audiovisual experience of it like the first time dropping into the stranger the first time waking up in the dream world the first time stepping outside of the simulation or even just realizing that it was a simulation and yeah. of course the ending like for me it was the first time realizing the stranger was a loop and that it all was one big river that went right around. that's yeah. that's what I mean right when I first dropped into the water and looked up and was like oh my god it's halo but actually halo yeah um, like those moments were so incredible And gradually they stop being like, oh, this is so cool looking. And they start being, oh, my God, that's so smart. I can't believe they're still coming up with new ways to use like the flashlight and your health system and whatever. These things that have been in the game from the beginning to solve entirely new puzzles. I just was I was pretty, pretty blown away by it. And it just makes me really happy that there is this group of young, talented people who are making amazing, beautiful things like this. Like, it really kind of brings me a profound joy that Mm -hmm. this video game exists when there's so many video games and so few of them operating on this level that they could replicate what they did with Outer Wilds and make me feel that again, I just think is really special. And so I I actually, I guess I really loved it when I I look back on that, even though it is definitely challenging. Um, But I think it'll be interesting to talk about the specifics. So... Let's rewind. Let's go back to the start, I guess, of the 22-minute time loop. Has it been? No, it's only been 11 minutes. We need to talk for another 22 minutes and then have that music start playing and then we all explode and start over. But let's rewind. Let's go back to the beginning and just start about how this DLC begins and the process of discovering how to even, like, what the stranger is. Like, what is this DLC? Because I knew nothing. I don't know about the two of you. But I guess what was your, Jason, what was your experience like? getting into The Stranger for the first time. Yeah, so I got a code before launch, like a week before launch. And That's right, I remember you had it before uh, Maddie and I did. Yeah, yeah and even even the, like, the email that the PR folks sent was just like, it is best not to know anything. We will not mm-hmm. tell you anything about this game. So really, I also really knew nothing. Um, it was just like, go to the museum to get your new adventure started. Um, and so I did that and went up and, and went through the whole process, found the observatory, found which um, I think is new, just added for this, right? The observatory yeah, was so not too. there before. Yeah, yeah and, and just went through the whole thing of finding the satellite. I kept bumping into the satellite and like uh, uh, knocking my map <laughs> yeah, off line. I didn't know that was so possible funny. and someone told me that if you do yeah. that it like screws it up and you kind of Yeah, oh yeah, if you bump into it. Yeah, when you're when you're getting up there, you have to kind of just like um really you need to just match its velocity and just hang out there until the 40 degrees or whatever it is and the stranger appears, but if you mm-hmm. uh knock into it <laughs> on your way, then it'll knock your whole map offline and 
you just won't be able to see the map um, because that is, and that that I thought was a pretty fun, cool little thing that it was just like, oh yeah, you know that constantly updating like map of the solar system that you always had in the in the original game. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out it was all this satellite, and here's how it works, which which is a cool little thing. Mm-hmm. Everything in Outer Wilds and this in and the DLC, everything just always feels so organic. Like everything in there's no menus or systems that like don't that wouldn't exist in the game it's not like you have some inventory like pocket full of like Mm -hmm. pocket dimension full of weapons or something like that everything is very organic and so it makes sense that the map of course has a real has an explanation in the game too um so yeah that was pretty cool yeah although i don't think it was there originally i feel like it answers some of the questions that people had which is like well how did they have a map of the solar system which well Mm -hmm. for me it didn't it answered a question i didn't even have until i found that and then i was like oh yeah that makes sense that (laughs) so that that's why it's cool for me yeah and i i feel like that's very much how the world of outer wilds always worked like Mm -hmm. there are multiple endings to the game that are sort of based on different scientific discoveries that you can make either purposefully or accidentally and i feel like those only exist for like the person who's like okay well if if this exists then what happens Mm -hmm. if i do this and it's like as though the people who made the game are also enjoying that thought experiment every time and being like, okay, well, if you do this and go in a black hole, then like this will happen next. And I just enjoy that part of it, even though I also bumped into the satellite a million times because I'm not good at flying the ship. And I did not (laughs) think it was cool that the map went offline. And every time I accidentally bumped into the satellite. I mean, it's kind of cool, even though I can understand. (laughs) I mean, it's adorable, but like, is it, is it adorable? Because it was like deeply frustrating. And I was mad. mad. Basically you have to restart every time you hit the satellite. <laughs> yep. I think yep. The, that the specific experience of playing Echoes of the Eye two years after playing Outer Wilds is a very interesting one. Yeah. Partly because in order to get the true ending to this game, you have to do the final sequence of Outer Wilds another time, which is a sort of bigger version of the same thing of like, oh, what? I need to remember how to fly this crazy spaceship, which for the record, I've never struggled with. I've always found it like, I mean, I guess when I very first started flying it, I was assuming it would handle like other video game spaceships and it definitely doesn't. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. But I that show for all mankind, which is about space travel, there's a lot of scenes in early in the first season of that show where they're learning to like land a moon module like on the moon because it's the 60s and they're training to do the space mission. And it's the same process like it's the same like really gentle stuff where they have the stick and it's like you really have to like line up your base and like it's it's very finicky and a tiny little degree of being off will send you throwing and I kept finding when I was playing the game especially a little later because there's that second entry point on the stranger and you have to go land down on this like metal wing that was very challenging for a while even figuring out which way was down Mm -hmm. but like Getting my head back around it, it really required this like recalibration of sort of, okay, I need to think about it. All right, I'm going to need to change my trajectory and like head off the fact that I'm heading down to the right and then I'm going to have to rotate like this many degrees. And it really starts to feel like kind of like you're being a NASA pilot, which I always actually, I find that to be sort of rewarding, I guess, because I got my head around it and I'm pretty good at it now. Yeah. But I've always sort of enjoyed that 3D moving through 3D space with this very precise physics based, you know, uh, process. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's worth noting that after, I don't know how many hours, I don't want to say, I did find it mundane and simple to land on the little stranger wing. And like, it just Mm -hmm. became 
rote in the same way that like running up to your ship between every single loop is like you don't even think (laughs) about it anymore you're just Mm -hmm. immediately hopping in the elevator and it's like that part of the the loop gets deleted from your brain you don't even think about that as part of the loop and landing on the strangers the same way but like that first time i was just like god damn outer wilds is so freaking opaque like there are just some things about it i mean we're we can talk about the puzzles there were some puzzles that like i did figure it out myself but i was just like i don't I don't know, man. Like I just looked at stuff until I figured out what I was supposed to do, and I which uh, ones? Which ones really frustrated you? Uh, I mean, okay, so there's there's a part where you can only get, well, you can only get the artifact if you like go underneath this house that has this dark matter. I mean, there might be artifacts elsewhere, but no, I would just grab ones. this. Yeah, one. there are a few. There are few. I would just grab yeah. this one the first there's time. One more every in time. The you go under a house, and there's like a hole under the house, and I think that's the house that also has. Does it have a combination in it or is that somewhere else? No. Okay. See, I'm misremembering just, all the puzzles. It's just got the But like the there are there are various places where it's like that's the, I wouldn't consider that a puzzle. That's just look around until you figure out how to enter the house. And like mm-hmm. I remember just walking around that house being like I can't figure out how to get in this house. Like I just I can't figure it out. And then eventually I was like I guess I'll go under it. I, why not? I'm not doing anything else. And then I did that's and I was funny. like, "Oh." And like I don't I don't know why that frustrated me, but like there are th- times in this where I'm just like I've just been looking at this for too long and I don't know mm-hmm. why this is hard yeah you know? that's funny yeah I mean my experience was actually I found an artifact in the third area what's it called the hidden, hidden um, gorge, yeah. valley or yep. yeah the hidden gorge because there's just one on a table like in one of mm-hmm. those slide projector rooms so yeah let's let's get into it I guess like now we're we've gotten inside of the stranger we figured that part out mm-hmm. I do like the sort of you have to count the planets and you're like wait a minute there's this shadow on the moon that yeah. that isn't one of the planets that I know which I would imagine um I know uh, Russ Frushik actually played this DLC before playing the base game what? so I would imagine some of the puzzles in this game were a lot harder but he did it and he he suffers from motion sickness because of the flying but actually What's nice about this DLC is that once you land, almost all of it just takes place on foot. Like, you don't actually do a whole lot more flying compared to the main game. So it actually is more accessible in that way. Anyways, we're now inside The Stranger. We've had the moment, the moment of looking up and seeing the river and realizing that if you want to know where you're going on the river, you have to look directly above your head. This game has a lot of stuff like this, but I can't believe that they did that. Like, there are just things in this game where I'm like, how did they do this? And, like, like literally, how did they do this? And, like, why aren't way bigger budget, way more ambitious games doing stuff like this? Like, why doesn't Halo have an actual Halo with, like, a river that flows in a 360-degree, like, spin cycle, you know? Because it needs a massive open world of a checklist of activities to do and outposts <laughs> so, to take out. It's too bad because it's so freaking cool when you're like, oh, it yeah, all really right, cool. I see what this is. And holy so shit, that's so cool. Yeah, that's Halo. the first moment. The first holy shit moment is when you realize what when you see the river and you're just like, whoa. Yeah. The second holy shit moment is after you've been exploring for 10 minutes or so and the dam breaks and suddenly yes. like <laughs> the rush of water comes in and starts taking out buildings and you realize that everything has just changed. That was a super cool moment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I liked that too. Because I was like, oh, there's a time limit also in yep. within the Halo world, which is that the water is going to fill up this entire area and I'm going to have to mm-hmm. figure out how to navigate that as well. Yeah, the whole, like that whole energy. Um, Andrew Prelau is the name of the composer and the music he wrote for the DLC is so cool. When you get on a boat for the first time, yeah. which yeah, again, another so mechanic to shout out is you, you use your flashlight in all these amazing ways from the very yes. start of this DLC. 
you use your flashlight to open the door and it's like you're in this room and this is a very common feeling for me when playing Echoes of the Eye was basically like, okay, well, I need to interact with this thing. I don't have any new tools. It's not like the DLC is like, and now here's your multi-tool. Like there's no new thing. You just have a flashlight and a beacon and like a radio and that's it. And I was like, well, what happens if I turn on my light? And then that did it. And then it turns out the light is like this super crucial Mm -hmm. thing that has existed throughout all of Outer Wilds, but now they're using it in this cool way. But yeah, when you get on the river and that music is playing, it's so cool, that new theme, the like river going theme. And it always just starts when you're moving downstream, if you would notice, you would like stop moving and the music goes away. I know. And then you start moving again. It comes back and it starts going again. I just thought that was, that was all so great. It's very cool. But yeah, so, I went, I I remember seeing the hidden area, like that was a cool solution to find that is using the halo, the ring design of the level in order to figure out where I was supposed to go. Because I was like, okay, I get that there's the lowlands and there's this area with the tower, the second area. And where else is there? And then I was like, well, I'll just look. And so I like crane my head up and look and see, oh, well, if I stay over to the far right, I see there's structures over there. That's funny because that's just one way to do it. The other way to do it, which I imagine more people did, is you naturally go to the left side, but then you get there and you just see something on the far, like a cave on the far side. Or an, an well, there's that door like on the far you side. mark it in your, in your computer. It's mm-hmm. the like slide burning um yeah i think exactly. it's called like the forbidden temple or something like that like, right yeah, and I then you think exactly. to yourself and then you think to yourself oh on the next run i'll just go to the right and see what happens that that's so how it's I funny let me talk you through my thought process it was a little different it was seeing that and i went around a few times just going to the left because the current naturally takes you there seeing there's this very clear it's like that it's a burning slide you don't know that that's what it is but it's yeah. that burning slide that eventually you're going to have to go through the ghost matter cave to get there But I actually thought because you're initially just sort of I was thinking through the process of like, okay, well, the dam is going to break at 10 minutes. Everything is going to flood. The water is going to go up. So I was thinking, oh, well, I guess the water is going to go even higher. And that's going to let me get into that building because you mark it in your computer. I thought that too. Right. But then I was like, oh, I I actually just think you can't get into that door. So you have to kind of start doing that thing this game makes you do where you're like, all right, well, that's not the solution. There must be some other path. And that wasn't, you know, I start looking up and I'm like, oh, there's this whole other area over to the right. And that, to circle all the way back, Maddie, is where I found um, an artifact for the first time and started just being like, oh, there's this new device that I can pick up that clearly does something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. How long did you guys spend fiddling with the artifact and trying to figure oh, out man, what Oh man, just walking did? around with it? So just yeah, opening just and going, closing it? I spent yeah. so much time opening and closing it. What I did was, so first of all I kept trying to put it in that like the, the slide burning room where you like, I, I, I kept thinking it must be related to like this doohickey where it says <laughs> like you can you cannot fit this thing in. I kept trying to figure out like. The thing that they use to like yeah, prepare to the actually, slides. That thing is confusing because you only learn what it is if you go find that one story where they show them like Mm-hmm, lighting mm-hmm. it up before they well and you them. can't do you can't find that one until you visited the dream world in the first place so you really have no idea at that point mm, okay um, right then i wound up 
through uh, through enough of the slides. It's it's pretty quick. It's pretty early on that you find um, the secret passages in the painting rooms where like you find yes. the, the, their planet and you open the ones, the paintings where you move the lamps from the paintings of their planet. On it. You find the hidden mm-hmm. exit. But anyway, so I get down there. Um, I didn't have the artifact. I was like, holy crap, these guys have the artifacts. I got to bring the artifact here and see what happens. And then I just spent like at least 20 minutes like trying <laughs> yep. to grab the fire. Walking out from of the fire. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. what do we do here? What do we do here? Um, what's so funny to me about that? First off, those rooms are terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the room with all the dead elves, <laughs> with all the bodies in them. Yes, because the music is that like keening low tone starts, and just that's the first moment of walking down a wooden staircase with just your flashlight in the pitch dark, and then you come into this room full of corpses, and it's like this green fire and this creepy music. So very scary. What's so funny about that is Jason and I did something very very similar. Could not figure out. I was like, okay. Clearly, this is important. And then I found multiples of them, and I was like, oh, okay, there's more than one, but didn't yet put together, of course, what was going on. And then I kept trying to get in the fire, and the fire would damage me. And I'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. the fire is hurting me, but it's not doing anything. What's so funny is that you do need to know that uh-huh. later yeah. for a puzzle yeah, that later. you do solve. It's just that I was like, you know, at the time thinking, oh, I'm doing this wrong. Did that help you figure that out faster, or did it not even occur to you in that moment? It didn't occur to me at all. And it's amazing to think about what would have happened if I left myself. In front of the fire and then died. Well, that, because then you, you might have thought every yeah, single time in. that you yeah, thought that, you had to. that, that yeah. was the only oh, way to that's get That's true. Oh, that's that would have so been totally funny. nuts. Sequence yeah. breaking in this game can really mess your head up because the game doesn't change, but your understanding is the whole problem. So you would just get this like kind of perverted understanding of what was happening in a given scene and think like, yeah. yeah. Well, imagine if your first time going into the dream <laughs> world was that way that Maddie just described. And yeah. it happened to be the one with all the alarms in it. And then you went in right. and the alarms just wouldn't make a sound for you. And so <laughs> right. you nothing, would, nothing and like you like, totally okay. break it. <laughs> if anyone listening to this had that experience, because people totally sequence break. I was talking to Steven Totillo about various sequence breaks that he did. I almost did one on accident that I didn't do. But I, if anyone listening to this did that, please write in and tell us about your experience. Because I would love to know what the problem-solving experience was like, right, like working your way backwards from like, oh, I wasn't supposed to solve this necessarily until later to know that you can die and and go into the dream world. What was the one you almost did? Oh, I almost um, set down the artifact in the dream world and walked away from it. Mm. Oh, I couldn't believe I didn't do that because I was Mm. like, why haven't I been carrying this this whole time? But it's because you never need to pick up anything else in the dream world, really. And you you always feel like you need, well, you need the light from it most of the time. You do. So I can't, I was trying to like access a door, I think, like in the kind of wooded aisle area. And I just realized it's not unless you look right at your feet that it gives you the prompt to set it down. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you can set it down. And I set it down and it was like, oh, nothing happens. Like, I wonder if I can like go in the water or if like my flame goes out. And um, and then I was like, I should walk away and see what happens. And then I just kind of never did. And I wish I had because it would have blown my fucking mind if I, I had like, just gone another 10 feet and suddenly the Matrix pops into view. And I would have been like, what? <laughs> <laughs> would you have thought you broke the game, though? Like, I, I don't yeah, even I know what totally I would have thought. No, because once you really are doing it and you turn around and you look and you see that incredible yes, sphere of game that still exists around the artifact, I would have been like, oh my God, this is supposed to be there. Um, I just wasn't supposed to find this. It's room. a pretty big radius, though. I think it would be it hard is. to do it on accident. You would have to walk very You have to walk away. for a while in the I know, dark. I, mean, I, would, I was close, though, to fully testing it. Like I was uh-huh. close to just being like, I'm going to put this thing down and just walk into the level, and that definitely would have triggered it. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of, like, I'm glad I didn't because I guess it was the logical way to do things, but I sort of wish that I'd, that I'd done I, that. I'm kind uh-huh. of like surprised I 
didn't, but I do feel like they they set it up in such a way that it would be very unlikely if you did. And also that's like one of the easiest clues to understand. Like there are some mm-hmm. clues, like the clue about like dying in order to go into the the world mm-hmm. again, I feel is not great, but I also can't think of a better way to give that clue. But like showing the owl alien, like putting down the artifact and walking away, like it's very easy to understand. And you're immediately yes. like, oh my God, yes. what? And I also was so taken with it because in my head I'd already been referring to this world as like the video game or like the matrix Mm -hmm. or whatever like I already saw it completely as being that and like being fake and a virtual reality like I had fully understood that that they had built it and that it was like a a virtual world so just that reveal that it would actually play into how you can solve puzzles was astounding and so pleasurable to me <laughs> that i was just like this freaking rules like this is what i want to do all the time i yeah, only want to so interact funny. with like the weird broken version of this world that's like just uh-huh. i don't know the like you know the version of quake where it's like only textures or whatever and like, uh-huh, it's, right. i love that i love i this. loved so similarly the the way that i actually learned what it was 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 before that it was when i watched the um i i got into the vault where they show you the slide where the elk gets off the boat during the loading scene right that's the other way you can break the world yeah which like and that was when i learned i was like oh this fully is a simulation what's so funny is so getting on the river there's kind of a whole process in the dream world where i was realizing what it was like not that it was a construct exactly but that it was sort of not happening it wasn't a version of the of the stranger it was a new thing mm-hmm. because at first i was like oh am i like you know when, the first time that you go to sleep at the at the flame and you open your eyes and they're all gone which is also terrifying because there's nothing worse than looking at a corpse closing your eyes and opening your eyes and the corpse is gone nothing good ever comes of not that. a good feeling um, <laughs> and it's like this very spooky feeling and i was like oh did the world just change? Like, am I still on the stranger, but now the lights are out? What's going on? And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is just totally different. And then sort of realizing, okay, so there is these different access points. If I go through here, okay, there's four in total. Oh, okay, there's this river connecting them. Like sort of getting a sense of the geography was actually a long process for me. But when I started getting on the river and getting in the boat, I had this thought where we would go into the cave in between each area and then it would like, sit for a second and I was yep. like oh like I was like a noticeable loading screen Outer Wilds doesn't really have those like that's not really a thing this game does this is kind of interesting like I've it's just sort of like a, you can see the seams in the game a little bit and I totally <laughs> was thinking of it as a like game critic like oh they yeah. they must have had to just like make this work but you know their engine couldn't load in the areas when of course it was actually on purpose mm-hmm. and I was supposed to be thinking that I was like oh man that's so clever and so that's funny brilliant. that they yeah Yes. That's so yeah. great. So much of the stuff is so brilliant. I thought it was a dream world, like it was all just being dreamed up, right. like by their At collective collective consciousness. I, I don't know why I thought it was technology. Maybe it was just that I automatically thought as soon as I woke up and I didn't see them there, I was like, "Oh, they're going to be walking around. Like this is going to be the scary mm-hmm. part." Because I knew there was a scary part, and then of right. course they are walking around and they <laughs> will find you and blow out your candle or whatever, kill you and wake you mm-hmm. up again. And so I was like, "Oh, it's like their world that they made." I don't know why I didn't think it was like a magical world. I just thought it was a sci-fi world. Maybe because mm-hmm. I think of this as a science fiction yeah, right. game and there hasn't been any magic before and I don't know but I, I loved it I thought that was like a very fun I mean there is the magic of the flame I guess if we think of that as being magical since yeah. it's eternal unless you blow it out 
But right, no, but that is very true, and that's interesting. I was thinking of it as a shared dreamed experience, but of course, it's way more in line with Outer Wilds for it to have a scientific explanation, because as mm-hmm. far afield and into quantum mechanics as they go, they're always putting it in the context of like some science that they've explained within this universe anyway. Yeah. So that is, that is true. That's interesting. That's so can we it. talk about those fuckers? Yeah. Yeah, um, let's get into it. Guys. So this is kind of the next phase in this game is that you then realize oh, you're going to have to come face-to-face with these dudes. Um, for me, it was like in that dark area, the like yep. big woods where you cross. I saw the one walking and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. actually like solved that one really quickly, just instantly. But anyways, you you learn that you're like, okay, I'm going to have to get these three seals to open this thing. It starts to just come into focus, which is an, always an interesting part of Outer Wilds because in the base game as well, there's never... You don't actually go in with this like very clear, okay, there's the tower with the boss at the top of it and you're going to have to go beat him. Like you don't even know what you're trying to do, especially in this where it it comes into focus. You're trying to open the thing to open the thing. I'm going to have to get into these three things in these three locations. The three locations are spread around the river. This all just kind of coalesces in your mind. And then it's like, oh, fuck. So I have to turn out the lights and then there's going to be these creepy owl dudes who who hunt me down. So, yeah, what was I don't know. What was each of your experiences like with this? So. It's worth noting to that point, Kirk, um, one of the things that Outer Wilds is really, really good at the base game is that even though you didn't know what you had to do, you always had multiple leads. And if you were stuck on one thing, you could always just go into something else. And I was worried at first that Echoes of the Eye wouldn't have that because it was all just in one location. I was worried it would be some moments where it's just like, man, I'm really, really stuck. But this game is actually, this DLC is actually super well designed and it's really good mm-hmm. at like creating multiple, you always have multiple leads to follow. Right. I always had a mental checklist of like, okay, I haven't done this yet, haven't done this yet, haven't done this yet. So it was really good in that sense. Less good was in the sense that part of do accomplishing, so beating this game, part of one of the things you have to do at some point, you have to like sneak through dark areas that you can't really take the time to explore, can't really take the time to get to know the level design because these creepy mother effers are just like chasing you and... <laughs> I I, haven't, I turned on reduced frights, which makes them a little less dangerous, but they're still like annoying as hell because you never know when one of them is just going to come up behind you and grab you and stuff. Um, I will say with reduced frights on, it's easier to like lead them down a corner and then loop around them and just kind of dodge them. But still, like one of the amazing things about Outer Wilds is the exploration and getting to know everything and like really taking your time. And this these sections are just so like the antithesis of that. Um, granted there, I mean, in, in one of them, obviously you, you flood them all out and you can get past the house that way. But like in at least one of them, you're going to have to do some stealth unless I miss something. No, I think you're right. Well, so no, well, there's only one that you have to do. And so I initially was like, oh man, these guys are stressful. Um, I had reduced frights not turned on. So it was full frights and they're quite scary. Um, with full frights, they come at you, like they throw their arms up and come running at you and it's fucking scary. I like didn't realize how scary it was going to be. I have to say that I do love when they catch you, that they pick you up and they rear their big scary heads back and their fangs come out and then they're like... And they blow they out your blow candle. Your candle. <laughs> I think no. that that's actually it's really adorable. Good. Like it is they don't good. chew your face off. They're just like, no, I'm blowing out your candle. You have to go. And <laughs> it's real. so it is scary, but you know it's not horrifying. Mm-hmm. But so actually, this these sections led to I think the most rewarding um, puzzle solving that I did in this whole expansion. So the first thing you mentioned, there's three areas you have to do these. 
The one, yeah, you wait for them to flood out. That was the one I beat really fast. That's in the sort of mm-hmm. wooded area. Because the very first time that I saw one of them walking with a lamp, I got flooded out um, like two seconds later. Like I discovered it right before the dam broke. And I heard it scream and I saw it evaporate into mm. into green right as I woke up in the water. And I was like, what the, f-? like what happened? I thought it had seen me. And then later I realized, I was like, oh no, because you hear it every time the dam breaks, you hear that mm-hmm. scream. And I was like, oh, they mm-hmm. just get flooded out. So if I can get to this area from another entry point, like in the tower, which is what you end up doing, um, this will totally work. And so that was, that was sort of the beginning of, solving that so i like you can just totally solve that one no stealth involved the one where you have to go into the well you have to sneak in and that one is the scariest but i didn't i mean i I got caught like once but with reduced frights on they're really dumb i mean you can just like no the well i actually found the well really easy it was the other one the big house well so here's the thing ah so now let me talk Uh, maybe i missed rewarding thing i did in the game maybe i missed the trick so the way that this last one works is there's this house, this huge house that you learn and go through. This is actually a classic alien isolation thing where you go through the level when it's safe and you're like, okay, you got to go all the way around to this like dining area. Then you cast your light to open up this bridge that leads across. Bridge goes down to like the secret door that's going to open. Okay. So of course I thought, oh, I'm going to go do that when it's safe, when the lights are on. Then I'll turn the lights out. Then I'm going to go back and I'll just be able to really quick run down. I kind of memorize my path, turn out the lights go to do it and of course the bridge is gone and I'm like oh fuck like fuck everything right fuck everything in the game I'm Mm -hmm. like I have to go all the way back through that level and I go through and there's one of them waiting for me and I'm like oh my god this is so stressful and it grabs me and then I'm like okay is there any way that I can get around this like is there a way that I can get around this and then I'm like I think that there is and there totally is so here's what I did go through when the lights are on and it's safe walk all the way around to the dining area turn the light on Go across to where the the stairs down to the um to the opening that you're gonna have to go through. Go to those stairs, but there's also stairs up. Those lead to an elevator that drops down to the river. The elevator is up, and there's no way to call it down from the river. But if you do this first, you go across to the elevator that's like in that same area. Just drop the elevator and down the to ra- the bottom. Where the raft is right. Then, and then double back, jump in the water or whatever, and wake yourself up. Go through to the go tower. Through the other area. Get onto the raft. The raft goes all the way through. The elevator is down for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Turn out the lights before you do this. Um, then go all the way around. Go up. And then it's just like walk right in, go down the stairs, and into the thing. Like there's not even mm. any news there. So it completely so bypassed that section. Wow. Interesting. And I was like, I'm the smartest person alive, and I didn't have to do the scariest part of the whole game. So I never found that elevator. I, I'd always wondered about that. Oh. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I just never found it. I just Yeah, it's it. that one like dock that you go by. I'm sure you passed it a bunch of times on the river. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that leads up to it. the house. No, no, no. No, I, I found it on the bottom. I found it on the bottom, but never found it Got on the top. It. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the only things that I looked up in the game were essentially like the layout so I could navigate without getting creeped out of the well <laughs> area or above oh, the well, yeah. not like into the well, the part above before you get down there. And then mm-hmm. the that house. So yeah, I did not did not do that. But that's a great trick. I'm I'm glad that that exists. That is a good trick. I didn't do it's that. I turned cool on reduced frights at some point during my playthrough because I was like, I'm good. I'm getting myself really oh, yeah. freaked no, out. Yeah. I don't yes. need to do this anymore. Uh, but And then they get really stupid and it's a lot easier. But mm-hmm. I I didn't... At that point, I wasn't even trying to find tricks anymore. But it's still scary as hell because you're still in yeah, the dark and of course. not not pleasant. Um, yeah. Like, essentially, not, not what I want from Outer Wilds. Yeah. I don't know. I don't agree. I feel... Well, so Outer Wilds has always struck me as a pretty scary game i mean i think the base game is also scary is not the problem 
no, scary is not the problem. The problem to me is like punishing exploration. I mean, like every every you went to Dark Bramble, right? <laughs> like, yeah, did we explore the same thing. Dark Bramble. <laughs> okay, but you're not. You don't need to like be like like navigating a maze without knowing. Like, first of all, I mean, there's an easy <laughs> trick to get past all the anglerfish. Second of all, you're not like Dark Bramble is not like. Um, I don't know, like a big city that you're just exploring and like poking through, like trying to see the sets and like, like you don't have to do any of that stuff in Dark Bramble the way you do here. I feel like the fact that Kirk figured this out kind of disproves your point, Jason, even though I agreed with it heading into this show, because I, I feel like if I had only explored more than, and if all of us had, then perhaps we would have found even more ways to shortcut around and, Mm. and avoid those guys even more. Like I I just, reward it does clearly reward kirk's exploration so i didn't realize that um you could just explore in the light and there would be no guys there at all until later like i i thought the guys were just there like i just was Mm -mm. the light thing like i didn't realize that turning off the lights in the house was connected to the guys yeah because you hear then you'll hear that like oh like yep. that scary yeah, sound no, and I that's know. when the hunt is on and they're gonna chase you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah which yeah. it's scarier in the dark <laughs> they were there in the, in the light it's like fine it's easy to avoid them if they if it were light it's out. a little creepy you can kind of see the shadow of the one downstairs and it's like eh, i feel like that guy doesn't want me here but yeah it is less scary <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i take your point that this is a different thing like having things chasing you and having to sneak around them even though the game is designed so that you can work your way around the majority of it. And I do think that if someone were thinking about this game and, like, hadn't played it or they were concerned about it, I would absolutely mention to them, like, you should know going in that if you're creative, you can avoid, you know, whatever, 66% of all of that and really only have to deal with the one sequence. And like you said, Maddie, I don't actually know for I sure. I wonder if there's a way to, yeah, maybe there's a way there to There might be, given that I there's there a way might around be. the other two. I think there it might be. Me. It wouldn't surprise me either. You definitely have to turn the lights off to get in the well in the first place. And then at that yes. point, there are going to be guards there. So you might just, I mean, well, when you get inside you know what? the well. You could kill yourself, though. You could kill yourself. You could. Because then the clangor bell wouldn't see you. But you would have had to have figured that out without the help of the clue, which I don't, the clue didn't mm, help yeah. me. That was the one thing I had to look up was that I had to Same. kill myself to get past the bell. And I, oh, I, interesting. I, oh, did you figure God. it out, Jason? How did you I figure did, it out? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, because, no, well, because it's like, you're you. dead. Yeah. You're dead. So at first I spent a while on that. Okay. It's funny. I, I was just thinking about how I had to tell you guys the story. So, um, so, uh, as I was experimenting with that, I was coming in through the submerged bell. And so there's that elevator you go down every time. And so, I I would like turn around and set the elevator to go back up because I knew I was going to die in some way while experimenting. And so every time I would send it back up and I was like, wow, I'm playing Dark Souls right now where like I send the shortcut back up for myself. (laughs) They are like Dark Souls. Um, But anyway, so yeah. So what I did in that part was for a while, I thought I had to die in the dream for some reason. And that would be connected because like it seems so counterintuitive that you would have to die in real life and you would still survive. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, man. I don't want to experiment with dying in real life and lose all that progress or anything like that. Um, so I just, I would like try different uh, experiments of like setting the alarms off and jumping off the bridge and then like going to a different fireplace and trying to go in through that way and just experimented a bunch of times with different stuff like that. None of it worked. And then finally I was like, well, what if I just die in real life? Like I'll just try it out and worst comes worst, I'll just have to restart the loop. And then nice. I was shocked to find that it worked, that standing on the, I knew that standing on the fire hurt 
you, so I knew that you could right. die that way. Yeah, so it wasn't really that you like figured it out. It was more just that you were like, right. well, I'll try this because I have. Yeah, it was like trial and error. Well, no, I mean, Which I knew. Valid. I knew from the the slide made it clear that like if you were dead in real life, you would still go into right. the dream world or the matrix or whatever. But it's just it seems so like counterintuitive to kill yourself with it, and like yeah. you think that like you're going to restart a loop, which is why it felt off to do. Like that. I understood the slide. I just was like, well, I don't see what that has to do with anything. I thought it was just uh-huh. like a, another cool story. I mean, that's the other thing about the slides is that some of them are actually extremely key pieces of information. And some of them mm-hmm. are like, this was the situation with these aliens and like their well, foibles in, and their follies. In the three vaults, it makes it clear well, which three yes. are the key. They all have that specific yeah. marker yeah. on them. I don't know. I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out the death one. I was like, cool story, bro. Like, I don't see what that has to do with me. (laughs) So I I watched that one. I didn't make the connection. I was stuck. And there's now a, there's kind of a, a lot of really good hints sites for Outer Wilds on the internet because people, I think, all understand that the best way to give hints is to just ask questions. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I just don't understand how... It was, for me, it was how to get across the bridge. I was yep. like, this bridge just sees me. Even if I'm in Matrix view, it still sees me. What do I do? And I found a clue and it was just like, think about every time you've... Every piece of information you've seen related to the bells, um, the wake-up bells. And that's what they show in that slide reel is like the guy dies, the older elk dies, and then the bell is like going off and it doesn't wake him up. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, the bell won't wake me up if I'm dead. And then I was like, oh, well, of course, like I die, I've died 150 times in this game. Like, of course, they're going to make that into the solution for the puzzle. I was so mad I didn't discover it on my own that even that I needed that hunch. But really, it's just that or that that hint. Just because I think that's like the best puzzle in the whole thing. It's pretty Because great. it's something they never really did in the main game, even though it's like baked into the fundamentals of Outer Wilds is that you die all the time. I just, I was, it's so good. And it's also like, it is what happens to the corpses you see. Like they are dead and they are in right. the world and you're running into them all no, the freaking all right time. it's right there for you. Like yes. you are in a room full of dead people who are in the simulation. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you think to yourself, right. yes. well, I may as well also be dead in order to enter uh-huh. the simulation. Like once I figured it's that out, smart. I was like, wow, they really did just give it to me here. Like I don't It's amazing. I wonder if it's that. I wonder if it's the well slide that shows you that because if it isn't, you it could is. theoretically it is. No, it, it is. is. It in is. the well yeah. that you learn about. Yeah, that and yeah, and yeah. I think oh, okay. in order to do that, that it has to be dark. I mean, I I just got past the bell in the dark. Yeah, there's no way you would know that. Um, To me, the part that really blew my mind was, I mean, first of all, coming in from the raft and realizing you're extinguishing one of the vault lights and being like, oh, this is it. Each one is like connected to one of these. But second of all, putting Mm -hmm. the artifact down, playing with the the patterns and realizing that you're like controlling the the platforms was amazing. I loved that solution, especially of seeing. Um, I was like, oh, so I can reverse engineer this. I love that actually you don't solve any of them. I think that's no, such a fun you can't. misdirection. Right. right. You that's can't. the thing. That's what I was going to say is that like they really, it's not clear. We can talk about the story in a bit, but it's not clear exactly why they've burned off all of the codes everywhere, no matter what. But you never actually need the codes. They don't want which you is to find the prisoner. They didn't want the prisoner they to get really out. They were like, that guy's dangerous. That's yeah, I really, really don't want you to find They're them. They're kind of assholes. I mean, all the other Alex are kind of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, they yeah. are. They really um, are. Did you guys, so you know in the part where in the cinder tower where you blow off all the lights in, in that middle room and then you go in and you yeah. find the, the the code for getting into the burned. Yeah, so there's yeah. one yeah. other code Tough puzzle. in there. 
Well, there's a, one other code in there did, that I never actually used. Yeah. Like, did you guys it's, find a way? To yeah, use it? I did use it. It's the it's an identical. I already had it written down. Yeah, it's the over same by as the, the other one. Down, oh, oh, there's okay. Like, then it's the one you can just find with a photoscope with a with a photo. Yes. Yeah, you, yeah, right, yeah. You use your your drone. Got to, it. To so you don't it. need it again. Okay, forget it mm-hmm. then. And then the other thing, I never actually did the hull breach part. That's still a question mark on my map. I never actually found found the hull breach. Um, so just a little. Little riddle I never needed to find. The whole breach, you mean like over by the dam? Like the way that you get in? To yeah. The, uh... That big room with like the big Really? You and... never got yeah, in there? That's it. so interesting. Never did. Oh, so that for me was like where the whole thing cracked open. Because huh. if you, did you ever ride up over the dam on a, on a yeah. boat? Mm-hmm. I so did. if you did that and you looked over to the side, there's a door on the top of the dam mm-hmm. with a little light on it. And I was like, oh shit, I got to jump off this thing while I'm on top of the dam. If you go out there, it takes you to, is that the way? It, like somewhere there, I think that's it, but maybe it's somewhere else. There's a picture of like an explosion happening mm-hmm. on the um, on the, the stranger. It's like in a slide reel that you see. And it's like, it's very clearly like the upper left from the entry point. And I think it's over there on top of the dam, if I'm remembering correctly. And that's like, if you go over there for the first time, you find it. And then there's a hole if you land over there. And that's like a great way in because... Well, that's like where it shows someone falling asleep with the, um, with an artifact. Like that's how you oh, learn yeah. that the artifact will catch on fire and you'll go into the. Thing. Oh, so that's where it gives you the answer to that. Oh, I never. I figured that out. Oh, you never saw that that set. Oh, wow. That's so no. fascinating. Oh, really? So you like sequence broke a huge. So you clue. just tried dozing off just for funsies? I mean, yeah. That's fine. I like I said, that's I just so spent cool. a bunch oh, of time yeah. in that room and yeah, yeah, eventually yeah. dozed off and was like, whoa, wait a minute. What just happened here? And like woke up. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. I, I didn't realize that's what you were saying when you said that. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. You yeah. totally. There's, the game does very clearly show you what you're supposed to do. But yeah, so you totally sequence broke that mm-hmm. and skipped a whole Well, thing. I also found two of the three burn slide rooms before yeah. actually finding the room that shows you where the burn slide Those are at. a little funny. Yeah. yeah. I found there's, those There's as well. another, there's, I think two different slides that show somebody holding an artifact dozing off like in two different contexts. So there's like another yeah. way you could figure it out if you hadn't figured it out yet. I feel like they really wanted to make sure you at least got that far. So I, there's right. a few ways to figure that out if you hadn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's also like, there's only so many things you can do. I, it's just mm-hmm. funny that die wasn't That's on my personal thing. list of well, things actually, to do. Okay. So I don't know if you guys noticed this, but right outside of the observatory, um, there's like a little new little campfire thing. And then there's a note from Feldspar that is like, yes. Hey, yeah, you guys saw it. So Maddie, you saw it. It's like basically, mm-hmm. Hey, if you ever need to pass the time, just doze off in front of a campfire. Yes. And so when I saw that, I must've had like it buried in my head that that's mm-hmm. going to be important is like sleeping in front of a campfire. Cause mm-hmm. I think they patched that into the base game a little while after yeah. it came out as a quality of life thing. Yeah. And I'm sure that for some people they were coming back to the game. It lets and, you reset a loop if you want. Right. So it's like, if you need to, like, for example, I was to get the ending, which I guess we can get into in a second, but like I needed to do the whole thing over again and remember how to do it. And part of that means waiting for a certain point on the hourglass yeah, twins. Wait. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I can just wait at the, it's actually really nice considering when I played it the first time that that mechanic wasn't there and I just had to sit there for five minutes, like checking my email or whatever mm-hmm. while, the, um, while the planet, while the sand drained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Resetting, meditating until the next loop was always in there, Maddie. That was always something you could get from, uh, what's this? I don't think I ever unlocked that until this time. Yeah. You have to keep talking to Gabo. Like you have to go back to Gabo yeah. a couple of times to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. I unlocked it this time. It was nice to have it in there. And like so, sitting by a fire and dozing, and never did any of that stuff till this time. Yeah. So let's talk about the story. Can we talk about the story yeah, of this game? It's sure. good. Because I'm it's, it's really good. fascinating. Um <laughs> first of all, when man, I so I got chills when you are explaining to the prisoner like yeah. your story. Oh my Unbelievably god. Unbelievably so great. Good. Oh my god. So, and the banjo so comes good. in and it's like you show him your story. Oh god, what an amazing that's like every DLC expansion should do have the moment where they're like, and now reflect on the beautiful original game and just uh-huh. have your feelings all over again. Like, I thought it was uh-huh. perfect. It was so yeah. good. So good. I mean, especially because this is this owl creature has just been stranded completely by themselves for yeah. like thousand I don't know how many millennia it just alone. And they're telling you what happened to them and how these owls had been trying to find the eye of the universe and then they did or figured out what it was and decided they never wanted to allow it to happen and like just the fact that its story, this this creature's story was like complete incomplete and never would be completed is and then you get to show up and complete it. It's the most satisfying thing. It's so thing beautiful. Ever. It's the fact cool. that the fact that they like the owls or the the elk, whatever you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, they like, they have elk horns and owl faces and owl bodies. And goat the owls. Feet. The fact that they they're so they were very believable as this just like kind of flawed yeah. species that just sort of like just went wrong at every turn, right? Like they destroyed their home planet. That are constantly gasping, constantly yes. having looks of horror on their yeah, faces. This, <laughs> yeah, the horror there are totally times, there's this one slide, I think it's when they go to burn all the slides where all their uh-huh. eyes have gone away and they're like yeah, oh, and they're so scary looking. <laughs> they're so oh, But then sometimes scary. they look really cute. But yeah, the fact that so the full story, right, is that they destroyed their home planet because they discovered the eye and it, like, yep. transfixed them. It. And they were like, holy yeah. shit, there's this, like, quantum thing in the solar system that happens to be right near the solar system mm-hmm. of the main game. And they're like, we're going to go visit it. Like, we're going we're gonna to sacrifice everything. It's going to be our new religion. Like, they make these temples to it. And then they destroy their planet to create the stranger and go to the eye of the universe. And then the eye basically shows them everything is going to fall apart. Like, this is... This was a huge mistake. They like realized that this was all folly. They they changed their minds 180 degrees. They destroy all of their temples and they like put up this thing to block the eye's signal. Mm-hmm. And then the prisoner, this one character, the guy who's still alive. Well, no. Well, hold on. You missed a part. The part of this is that they miss their home planet, so they create a virtual world to recreate yes. their home planet. Oh yeah, and sure. they all move yes, there. Yes. And they yep. move there. Um, but then this guy. Did you realize, by the way, that there was a missing? Elk, like while you were playing, that one of the yes, places where the I dead did. bodies and are. I kept, I kept trying kept to stand like, in it. There's this one guy who's not there. Like, where's that guy? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I was yep. like, what's with this empty place? Yeah, I thought yeah, that was that was one of the things I also fiddled around with for so long, trying to stand yep. in that empty yeah, container. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I was like, this yep. is this is what's gonna work. Me standing right here. Doesn't Can you find it. his horn? By the way, his his broken horn is that? Oh, somewhere I wonder if it's oh, somewhere. I, I bet it's somewhere. Yeah, I, I bet, bet it's somewhere. That wouldn't surprise me. So what I love about showing him your story is that his story never ended, but you are showing him that what he did mattered because yes. it was him blocking. Like they came way before the, um, what are they called? The, the Nomai. The, the Nomai. Nomai. 
they predated the Nomai. The Elks predated the Nomai. And they, if it hadn't been for him releasing the signal, they then show this zoomed out view of the part of the signal that did get out reaching the Nomai. And that was the reason that the Nomai came to the solar system in the first place. So like his actions set into motion everything that was the story of Outer Wilds. And you get to show him that and be like, Look, like we're all part of this thing. Yeah, we're all part of this, this story. Yeah. You're part of something. Like you mattered. It's so cool. I love it. And he's so happy. Oh my and God. The, literally, the echoes of the eye. Uh, yes. Is, God. Yes. <laughs> well, so okay. So, so I'm actually confused on one point. There was one point of, part of this that I wasn't sure about. So what we see in his vision is that after he does this and they capture him and they put him in prison, they restore their like prison on the eye. So did that mm-hmm. break again? Because the eye is clearly acting in our modern like in in current day outer well, wilds because I don't it, it know makes the if universe it is active. I well mean, the eye still exists i think they just right. i don't think they're imprisoning the eye i think they're preventing right. the eye from releasing any further signal because yes. the nomai had that issue constantly where oh, they were constantly the trying to find the eye and they could never find it it still right. exists ah. they just made it so that the eye could no longer call out to anyone as it had been because it does seem as though there is at least some magical realism in my view where as soon as you see the eye or or hear it signal you're suddenly you're transfixed by it yeah. as a society and you're like we need to devote all of our resources to figuring out what this is and of course the eye will be your downfall but it will also start a new universe a new beautiful universe as soon as right. you like are complying with it so basically the eye is death at least in my but view. i thought the eye was causing the current supernova and at the end you're no. accepting no. the eye no. No. that's okay. the thing is like you well there's a lot of different reads on this my read though is is that you, so the eye was impossible to find, and the Nomai were devoted to finding it, right? This is yes. to just sort of recap mm-hmm. the story Outer of Outer Wilds. Wild. the original, yeah. So the Nomai arrived, and they're like, wait a minute, where the hell is the eye? It's so hidden, it's so hard to find. And all of the game basically is determining what are the coordinates and how do we power a warp core to get to the eye. Which you find Because it's impossible yeah. to reach, which you do find. And the way that the Nomai found it was by engineering this 22-minute time, time loop, loop yep. where yep. they were able to like fire an infinite number of things, which is just an awesome idea. It it's is, and they're using ridiculous. a supernova in order to awesome, power but that. Insane. Well, they but were then they never, never able to right. engineer no, in real right. life. No, right. That's the thing. That was a false, a false lead. The sun. Right. It was just a like, supernova. Like the right. It was the, just the, the sun just went yes. supernova. It was a real supernova. Right. So my read was always that you get to the eye at the end of the game, and the glade that you're in is essentially the eye, and you're just accepting that it's the, yes, the death of the is. universe. So, right. That's right. So, right. And the recreation of it. Yeah, you recreate again. the universe with all of your friends like that's like so you so you do find the eye yes you do find so the I eye. Guess, you do so i guess so what you guys are your interpretation of the owl stuff is that they didn't like contain the eye they just stopped the signal of the eye the so that's right right and that okay. was the reason the nomai then couldn't yes. find it and they didn't they enter there. the eye they could have done that and like when they reach the eye in those little slide reels they right. see then it they and realize they, they what see it was they realize mm-hmm. what it is and they refuse to accept death and the end of their civilization. They will not enter the eye like, right, like right, we right, did right. at the end of Outer Wilds. They're like, we right. freaking reject this shit. We're going to enter right. our virtual world and put right. our little we blind codes death. on. We yeah. will never, never, ever let our, our society crumble, even though technically it already has. And it's like hubristic for them to even imagine that 
that right. they should be doing. Also, this. their lives are freaking like patrolling and like yeah, <laughs> being I miserable. Mean, well, they made their own choice. This, uh, you it's know? kind of an amazing world. message, right? It's like in the end, it really underlines this game's message of embracing the unknown and accepting what you what you can't control and like exploring. Like it's just it's a very not video games message, but I know. they're clearly shown as this blinkered like society that just <laughs> yeah. This is an anti-video game video game like this is a video game that's like stop playing well the the themes of this game are so fascinating like the whole idea of like you are trying to light up this area and like you're fighting these they're all about like hiding everything and burning information and like putting everything in darkness and you're like coming in with light and like curiosity mm-hmm. and trying to shine a light on all their society. It's pretty cool. Also pretty cool that you never actually learn their language, which I thought was a nice touch yeah, to this. I thought that was interesting. Love that. I think that's a great touch. I was totally like, for the first half, I was like, well, at some point I'm probably, I guess, going to like download a language uh-huh. and then halfway through yeah. I was like you know what I bet no. I'm never gonna learn what this says never going to it doesn't matter it's all pretty straightforward too well you kind of get what they it don't communicate says, right? much yeah it's just like no, well they do entirely through pictures like these little pictographs yes. right. they have right. in, the, in the videos and stuff so I mean they don't need a language in the same way no right and it's right. actually a really significant design departure for the DLC compared to yeah. the base game which had so mm-hmm. much text and actually yeah. I think is is for the better at first I was like oh this is I feel like I'm watching cutscenes this is so different from the base game, but I was thinking back to the base game. That was actually one of my criticisms was there were times in the base game where you would learn the different characters through their names of the text logs, but it was always a little nebulous and I could never, like I I remember thinking this is a little unclear and it would take a lot of note taking and organizing to really understand what's going on where just watching the the cutscenes, essentially like the slide reels, I totally understood what was going on. Um, the thing I was going to say that was funny related to language was I love, this is almost a joke, right? It has to be kind of a gag that you're walking through um, one of the three main areas, like the darkness zone areas, and you get to the end and there's this like do not cross sign with chains like hanging up. And, yeah. and I was, and for a little while I was like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess that's a do not pass and I can't go down there. And then eventually you just have to jump over it. Yeah, you just jump <laughs> over like, it. Go around. It's like, and okay. I, just, I thought, that, I was like, oh wait, this is a shitty, I can just jump, what? And I just jumped over it. I was like, oh, what? That's the first, yeah, that's the first, uh, first like siren thing, first bell, right? Like That wasn't the first bell I ran into, but it, I can see, I would think that for a lot of people it would be, but I just believed the sign. I was like a rule follower. I was like, oh, that's okay. That's so funny. Do not cross. <laughs> All right. And then I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing? <laughs> So that sign, right after that sign, that was another thing that I thought was annoying. After that sign, you go on the raft and it takes you to this like little burned village. And I spent so much time trying to figure out what the deal yeah, was. Yeah, and then I finally looked it up and it was like, you have to turn to the right while you're on the raft and find this random little Oh, there's a thing. slide that shows you that. There's a slide also oh. that shows you how to do that. Oh, I guess I missed the that. The only reason the burned house is there is because it's so, in the, okay. in it's the, the prisoner's house, right? Because it's his house, they so, burn. Yeah, they burn. My his house. my big Poor gripe guy, with this God. game. Yeah, I know. My big gripe with this game, with this with this DLC, is that like you should be able to rewatch the slides from your ship notes. Like it's so annoying that like because it gives you it's so overwhelming with the number of slides there are, and some yeah. of them are incomplete, and like you're not getting the full story, and it just there's so many because they're three different dream worlds. You don't know which one is like which, and there's like so much information you have to keep track of, and it's like it's hard to really jot them down or even like I took some photos of my computer screen as I was playing but still it's like there there should have been like you should have had recordings of them in your in your ship log that would have made 
made things much more uh, nice, I would say. Yeah, yeah that's a, I, I don't think that's disagree. a fair criticism. And I, also, Jason, you were talking about how just the fact that you don't return to your ship as often and you're really just yeah, walking that's around also a little does annoying. make it yeah. difficult because it means that you can't check in on what you've learned so far. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. Right. That is I don't even think your ship hard. log, you don't even get the ship log updated notification when you're in the dream world. No, you think. don't. No, not mm. at all. Yeah. And so you don't know until you yeah. go back to your ship, you don't know if there's more to explore in a given area, mm-hmm. which is also a little annoying. That yep. strikes me as one of those things that if we get a chance to talk to the games designers that they would agree with you on because this is just a new method of communication for them, the slides. Mm. And I mm-hmm. definitely agree with you that it feels like just a little bit of a growing pain that they can't chronicle the text in the same way, but you're expected to take in so much information. And then also, just to add to that, the fact that all the slide reels actually look the same when you're carrying them mm-hmm. around in the world, yeah. it just makes it hard to remember which one is which. And mm-hmm. you're like, wait, was this the one or that the one? And I did have There's that so feeling. There's so many different symbols to keep track of, yeah. And I had yeah. that feeling in the base game with the text as well because it also looks all the same. And I'm like, oh, they all look like a comma, you know? So it's yeah. like, well, was this like, the one I read? And it's like, did I read this already or yeah. not? And yeah. Right. Well, but, but it'll be a different color if you already read it. And also in those. Right. Um, It'll give you like the the ship hog is very good about extrapolating the most useful information. Right, in That's because it's text to text. It's like a more it's direct text to text. Yep. Right. Yep. Whereas in Echoes of the Eye, I felt like some of those ship log descriptions were very minimalist, and yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like there was a lot more great. implied. Well, like the by thing I that. just described, like there's no way that was in the ship log. The thing I just described, where you have to turn to the right to find the right. I mean, right. Uh, yeah. They want to keep it mysterious, but not too mysterious. That's I mean, this thing. is the challenge of a game like yes. this: is not revealing yeah. everything. Everything. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you should just have a log of like all the all the slides you've seen and just be able to watch exactly them that that, that solution works around easier, the like, problem of how do we recap a text image in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't give away the game. Yeah. Which yeah is a, a valid even though I think it, they're solvable without it. But my advice to someone playing this would be, you know what, maybe just pull your phone out and like record. Yeah. Just take a video slideshows of whenever one. you see yeah, one. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, you'll do. Um, especially at the beginning because you don't even know what you're looking at as you're going through the first yeah. few, and like it really takes a, a, a few before mm-hmm. you have any idea what's going on. But yeah, I mean, yeah. mostly brilliant game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mostly brilliant DLC. Also, the very very ending. Just nice. Just nice to have the yeah. prisoner there at the end. Yeah, the true ending. Yeah. To, and you get a kind of a choice and you're like, yeah, yeah. Man, no, come on. You, you're cool. <laughs> yeah, who, you who, can stay. Who, is who, says who no? out there is like, like no. I banish you. No, you can't come, man. <laughs> Die with your people. It's like he's been alone for like however many thousands, millions of years and you're like, no, man, you can't yeah. come to my campfire. No, he that, moment, that moment when you first see him and like he first comes oh, at you it's so is scary. just so yeah. good. And then because he's you're like, like wait, wait is he going to attack me? And then he's like so well, because you're like, because you're like, that's that's it's moments like that where the the whole conceit of Outer Wilds is so brilliant because the last thing you want to do is have to re- repeat all that yep. progress, and you know you're, if you get caught, like there's that such good tension there. We were talking about this the other day about like that tension of like lose knowing you're gonna lose progress if you die, mm-hmm. and in that so, case, man. it's like that fake out of him coming after you, and then him being like, wait a minute, um, so good. Yeah, that happens a few times. Replaying the ending was really amazing. I was so glad I did it, even though I had to go through like I had to remember wait where do I find the ship how do I get through the fucking fish (laughs) Um, but then I I did all that and replayed it and just replaying the ending I was really struck by again how that's one of the greatest video game endings in history to me in my experience one of the best that I've ever played because the interactivity and the like 
The fact that you don't know what's happening in the mysteriousness of it and that fear, it's a very scary and kind of tense ending, even though it's like all your friends are around the campfire and the music is going to be so pretty and it's like calming and everyone's being like, it's cool. We just got to get our friends together. But every time I go into the darkness, I'm like, am I going to fuck this up? Like, am I going to get lost? There's a Mm -hmm. moment where you're just in the darkness for kind of a while. And it's Uh like, is the game broken? Like, did I lose? Do I have to do that again? Am I lost? Like, what's happening? And it's this constant kind of fear of the unknown that you just have to kind of tamp down and be like, it's okay. It's okay. And like the anglerfish comes at you and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, the anglerfish. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the anglerfish. And then like the elk guy comes at you and you're like, oh God, but no, it's okay. (laughs) And it like keeps being okay. And then you finally just relax. And it's like, it's such a masterful thing, the way that it ends. And yeah, I think that the the Echoes of the Eye addition to the ending is just is even better. Mm-hmm. So do you guys want more DLC or do you want the creators of Outer Wilds to move on to something else? I want them to. I don't care. Like, I just want them to be <laughs> whatever happy they making do. whatever yeah, they want to yeah, do, do. You something know, like else cool. Yeah, yeah, there was a scene where they kind of showed some other solar systems toward the end of Echoes yeah. of the Eye. Well, that, that was the little, vision. Like, that was the vision. Were, yeah, and the like, vision. Sort of opening yeah. it up to something like that. That'd be fine. But also, I don't know. It, it's like I've said, it's so inspiring to me that this group of people, this small team, like has the chemistry and the whatever, the certain artistic, you know, design ideas that work off of one another to the make talent, this kind of thing. The creativity. Like it's the, just the team dynamic. It's so rare. And I'm like, whatever... As long as you're all happy and, like, working on something that you want to make, I'm pretty mm. sure it's going to be cool. So, like, yeah. they can make whatever they want. Just cut out the stealth sections. No more. No, more <laughs> no spooky no stuff. No scary elk owl, guys. None of that. It's too scary. Yeah. Too, too scary. scary. <laughs> That's our note. Too scary. Let us rewatch the slides. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll do it, right? Well, I guess we're evangelizing the game. I mean, were we yeah, going to say well, anything Kirk, about yeah. it? Wanna, yeah, yeah, didn't you want to bring that up? Something about it. it it's oh, fine. We've just, just, no, we just decided it's fine. <laughs> there's so much more to talk about, but I mean, we're, we're already going pretty long. I know, but like, I know. Just okay. the way that I always want to tell people to play this game, the way people struggle with it. The, I think we've yeah. described our own struggles and the way that it can sometimes require a lot of you, but... You know, it's it's a game that I really do hope a lot of people who like video games play, just because I think it has a lot to say about video games, in addition to just being a like beautiful artistic statement about curiosity and the unknown. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could also play it with another person who hasn't played it before, and that could be an experience that they would mm, still enjoy, like good, if they're yeah. really struggling with it. I think that mm-hmm. could work, um, as long as you don't reveal everything and you're not like a dick about it. You could walk right, somebody through right. this and have it be pretty fun. Yeah, that could be a cool game to To the listener who wants to share it with someone who doesn't really like this kind of thing. You could just play it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's so brilliant. Good stuff. It's really cool. I'm glad I played it. This was fun. Oh Oh my God. Like every time. It's so intense. Every time I open the menu, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Yep. So good. The magic of the banjo. Yep. All right. Well, this has been cool. Thank you all for listening and thanks for being Max Fun members. We really appreciate you all. You make yes. this whole thing happen. Thank you. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll see the two of you on the next time loop. Yeah. <laughs> or on Thursday for a new episode. <laughs> or on Thursday, whichever comes yep. first. Whichever comes first. <laughs> Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. 
Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you're listening to this bonus episode, it means you're already a member, so thank you. We really appreciate your support. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.